Hi everyone, this is Lockdown Mums the Podcast, the show where I chat to you lot, the mums, about what it's like to be a mum or become a mum during lockdown. This week's episode, I have the incredible Amy on the show um, and she's going to chat to us about her job, um, which includes hypnobirthing and yoga. Um, This is a great episode, so I hope you enjoy. Let's get on with the show. Morning. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, it's really weird doing a podcast in the morning. Do you normally do them in the evening? Yeah, so I normally do them when Winston's gone to sleep, but at the moment he's not sleeping. Oh no. Seems to be the bane of my life. The people that are listening to this podcast must be like, God, (laughs) does this child ever sleep? (laughs) I totally get it. My son was the same. It's an absolute nightmare absolute nightmare <laughs> yeah I, I yeah we're, we're gonna start another sleep program because at the moment he's got a cold mm. and he's teething and I'm pretty sure he's got separation anxiety so I think when this teething and the cold have settled down I think we're just gonna plow on through and just pray that that works because I don't know how yeah. much longer I can I can go no yeah I got to that point when I was like over just over one I was like I cannot I can't do this anymore I can't survive like this anymore um and then yeah we did some kind of sleep training type stuff and it did really it really helped and I got a bit of sanity back and it's just so worth it yeah you need it short-term pain for the long-term gain absolutely he's just at this phase where in the nighttime he'll have one wake where he will be awake anywhere between an hour and two hours oh man and he just screams and screams and screams until you give him a bottle and then he'll settle for a little bit and then he'll wake up again and then he's just really awake for like an hour and you just have to sit there with him because as soon as you try and leave he just starts screaming again oh god and so by the time he's 10 months yeah, so he's at prime age for lots of different things like development and growth and separation anxiety. So, but he's never been a good sleeper. So it's really hard to actually know what's wrong with him. So I, I just constantly banging my head against the wall trying to figure out what it is. And I, yeah, yeah, I think this I, week especially, I've just hit a wall where I just, I just can't deal with it anymore. Oh no, I really feel for you. I totally get what you're going through because yeah, we had it very similar. No, it was a terrible sleeper from jump like he wouldn't sleep on he wouldn't sleep in his cot ever Mm. we had one of those side cot things he'd only sleep on me on Matt um he'd only go to sleep with a boob in his mouth like that was the only way to ever settle him and it's just so so hard especially if it is you you're the only one that can settle Mm. them like what it's you do (laughs) yeah it's terrible and the people that are judgmental about sleep training obviously had babies that slept okay because sometimes you know you've got to do what you've got to do to be able to be have some sanity and your like mental health is is so important yeah for sure (laughs) but anyway enough about me and my sleep problems that amy tell me about you tell me about what you do and a little bit about your life at the moment so yeah i am a what am I? I'm a pregnancy yoga, um, hypnobirthing, kind of birth prep and baby and postnatal yoga teacher, um, soon to be also doing kids yoga. I'm doing my training for that in a couple of months. Um, so and that's all, all quite new. I started doing that um, about a year ago, um, just yeah, as the first lockdown was starting. So great timing. Um, yeah, <laughs> great time to start a new business 
that was well yeah a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a bugger but um it's actually been yeah it's not been too bad for me I'm quite been quite lucky in lots of ways um but yeah I started doing that after I had um my son um I had a home birth and I did all that kind of stuff like pregnancy yoga and hypnobirthing and things and it really really helped me prepare um and I felt like um all the preparation I did really helped me have a smooth um kind of birth story and a positive experience um so I kind of wanted to do something to be able to help people have uh, or give them the best chances to be able to have a similar experience um and kind of provide a sense of like community and stuff for new mums and pregnant people because I feel like we're really like lacking that at the moment in our sort of modern culture um so yeah that's what I'm doing now and I love it um and yeah it's just great and yeah, I think it was the home birth that really kind of kicked it off for me, kind of being interested in that. I just like read all the books, got so, was so interested in birth. I was like, I don't know where this has come from. I guess it was being pregnant, but um, yeah. And then that kind of led to all of this. And yeah, it's great. I love it. So did you know that you always wanted to have a home birth or was that something that when you got pregnant, you were just like, hmm, I'm going to look at this. And then it kind of went from there. I don't know. Um, I don't like hospitals particularly um I have always kind of resisted going to the doctor not really I guess maybe is that true uh yeah I don't know I just um I think it was when I was pregnant in quite early pregnancy I toyed with the idea um I kind of understood that I would be more stressed out in a hospital and that I'd be more calm at home and obviously I understood how um much your mindset and your um you know, not being stressed out has an effect on your actual body, being able to birth the baby and having like an understanding of that. I thought, well, let's just go for it. Um, And I was lucky that I had no, I was oh, actually, no, I wasn't low risk. I was actually high risk. Um, But it was for a daft reason that had no kind of evidence backing it up. Um, I had Crohn's disease when I was younger, like years ago, but it had been in remission for a couple of years and I couldn't really see how Crohn's like that would have that much of an effect on birth. Like it's kind of a different system and it was in remission. I wasn't taking any medication for it. And um, so I was down as high risk. So I had to have a bit of a battle with my um, obstetrician lady to allow me. I put that in massive. I'm doing big air quotes right now. Allow me to have a home birth. Um, I was going to do it anyway. Uh, and yeah and it was just such yeah such a great decision for me and yeah that I I sort of can't imagine um it being any different uh yeah I can't imagine um having a baby in hospital although I'd obviously prepared for the chance of transferring is quite high when it's your first baby it's something like 45 percent of first home births end up in a transfer not necessarily in an emergency but just more because um mum's getting tired or um yeah mostly for that so I had kind of prepared for that um but yeah I don't know where the initial kind of idea came to me um but yeah I was just yeah really glad that I went for that and yeah it was kind of definitely the best choice for me and I think it would be for a lot of people but people don't um often people aren't even kind of explained to them that it's an option um it really depends where you live some trusts are more like we're quite lucky here Nottinghamshire quite push home birth they give it to you as an option as soon as you fall pregnant whereas I've had friends who are in different areas who didn't even know it was an option like they weren't even aware of it um so yeah obviously it depends a bit where you live and what your service is like 
what what yeah. were your midwife team like did, did, did were you just assigned one person because I know in Bath you don't get assigned one midwife it's just lots of different ones um, mm-hmm. and like what what was their opinion about hypnobirthing so um if I had gone down the community midwife route I would have had yeah it could have been anyone like you said I think most of the um most of the trust is like that it's a community midwife you don't know who it's going to be I think two of them usually come out to you um the and that's yeah really an incredible service um but I was really concerned that um quite often people call when they're in labor and there's no one available and they've done all this prep and got all kind of excited for a home birth and then they have to transfer or they have to have like a bit of a standoff and say I'm not moving you need to send someone out and I thought god that sounds stressful to deal with in labor like Mm -hmm. and again thinking about how much your stress affects your body's ability to um, birth a baby um so in the end we decided to hire an independent midwife which um sounds like I feel like I used to be a bit embarrassed to tell people about it because it's like independent midwife (laughs) um but I feel like people spend so much money on things like weddings and prams and baby moons and like all this stuff um which is yeah great absolutely great if you afford it but then they think it's weird to spend money or invest money in your actual birth experience which can have huge effect on everything afterwards like you know rates of postnatal depression are obviously much lower in people who had a good birth experience breastfeeding rates are much higher in people who have a good birth experience like obviously it has a huge knock-on effect so I thought you know what we're going to save up we're going to you know not buy an expensive pram blah 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 not go on a holiday and put it invested my or our birth experience um so we hired an independent midwife so yeah she came to me from like 30 something weeks 32 weeks maybe um she was an absolute angel I might cry when I'm talking about her because I loved her so much Aww. um and yeah she came out to us and yeah she came um when my son was born just kind of sat in the corner didn't don't think touched me the whole time like just kind of observed I felt so safe um that she was there and then the best thing about it was her coming afterwards um so after Noah was born she came every day for like a week and then a couple of um for the following week or two she came like every couple of days and that was just oh my god essential because I found that bit brutal Mm. um and having her support I do not know how to got through it without her god that's amazing yeah it was incredible like having her support and Matt my husband as well have it knowing that she was there and we knew her we trusted her um it was yeah like wow absolutely invaluable I would have spent double that if I could on her like it's absolutely the best money I ever spent so yeah that's always an option as well and also doulas people Mm. um you know you can always hire a doula as well um yeah I think people if they have the money should definitely invest in their birth experience because it's so important (laughs) yeah especially if you are very worried about pain which I know I was Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um do you have any advice for anyone that's sort of particularly worried about the pain side of birth yeah, definitely. Because, um, yeah, that was me too. And I think when you get down to the root of it, that is most people's kind of main concern, isn't it? And I think people um, talk around it a bit. But, yeah, that's most people's main problem is thinking, um, is it going to be super painful? Um, I think there's a lot you can do to help yourself and set yourself up for, um, I say, success, but like a better, a positive experience. Um, 
you know, your body isn't working for you in the same way. If you're in hospital in with bright lights, with lots of people around you, you're not going to be getting the benefit of all those positive hormones and endorphins and oxytocin that you are in a quiet, dark room with only people that you know. Um, so you can do a lot to kind of set things up that your body's going to help you. Um, I would say that home birth is a form of pain relief. You know, you're going to have much higher levels of um, endorphins and oxytocin, all those good things that help you out if you're at home than you are in hospital. Um, so, you know, home birth is going to be, you know, kind of easier in that way. Um, and also the other thing that I really like to think about is the idea of um, the pain you experience in birth being different to the pain of injury. Like, when you're injured, your body's sending like signals of like, oh God, you know, what do we do? There's something going on. There's something wrong. Whereas it's kind of in birth, it's more of a productive thing. And if you can keep all those um, hormones kind of undisturbed and keep your body yeah, undisturbed, um, then yeah, it's your body's working to do something. And, and you know that, um, I think instinctively, you know that it's not, um, an injury it's not an illness it's just a kind of physiological event um and it's kind of productive and not frightening in the moment um from my experience um although incredibly hard like definitely the hardest thing i've ever done giving birth without a doubt um even a straightforward um yeah home birth was oh my god so hard but i didn't feel panicky or scared at any point um, because it just felt like this is what's happening. This is what my body's doing. I'm just going to let it get on with it. And I had all the kind of environment that my body needed to do that. Um, so yeah, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it does. How was your birth experience? I listened to actually your first podcast the other day. So I heard you talk about it a little bit, but yeah. How did you find it very painful? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was because it took me so much by surprise because I was three weeks early and my waters broke in the middle of the night, I was just like, oh my God. And like, mm -hmm. although I, I'm, I'm a really organized person. So my hospital bag was packed for like 22 weeks, something stupid. <laughs> I knew I was ready to go, but I still had this panic of like, what's going on? Like, why is this so early? Like my waters have broken. What's going to happen now? My, my contractions started a couple minutes after my waters had broken. So I, I think I must have been in labor that day and just not really realized yeah. because I'd had so many aches and pains. I just thought it was normal, but it was really fast. I think it was about nine hours from when my waters broke to him being born. Um, I was very lucky that um, the Bath RUH midwife team and the unit is absolutely incredible. The room that I was in was so lovely. I had a bath, um, so I had kind of like a half a water birth. Um, and the midwives were really reassuring. John was amazing. So all in all, I think I had a really positive experience, but I was very afraid of the pain um, because I've, I've had endometriosis for a lot of my adult life. And so I know what it feels like to have that kind of pain and, and you know how much you tense up and it just makes it so much worse. And I think when I got pregnant, that was all I could think about. And although I tried doing a lot of yoga and a lot of breathing to try and calm myself, I think it, well, a lot of the time it kind of did take over a little bit. But all in all, I think I was really lucky that it was quite a positive birth. Nothing really went wrong. Um, he was just very fast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's so funny when I was listening to your birth story. It's so similar to mine. Um, I went into labour at 37 weeks as well. So were you just 37 weeks when you had? Yeah, I think to the 
day. Yes, yeah, so yeah. me too. I was there seven <laughs> weeks that day. I was like, oh, full term. Um, and yeah, so similar. My water's broken. Yeah, like eight hours, eight and a bit hours later, my son was born. Yeah, when I was listening to it, um, listening to your other podcast, I was like, wow, that's so weird. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like you, I think I had been in labour all day and not realised it. Um I felt fine. Um, I'd taken my dog for a walk up a big hill, which is like obviously one of the things that I think potentially kind of kicked me into labour. Um, but my body was obviously ready for it. Um, and when I was walking back down the hill, I had quite a strong pain in my bump. And I was like, huh, <laughs> that's weird. And no part of me thought that was labour. I thought it's just, you know, you get, like you said, you get so many weird like oh, my boob hurts, my armpit itches, like so many weird things going on when you're pregnant. Um, So I thought, well, I'll probably walk back to the car now. I was absolutely miles away up this massive hill. Um, So I walked back and this man stopped at me and started talking to me for ages. I was like, oh, mate, (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to chat right now. Um, So, yeah, I got home and um, I told Matt and he was like, oh, do you think you ought to have a nap? And I was like, no, no, I'll be fine. Um, but then I was like, oh no, he's probably right. So I had a nap for a couple of hours. And then when I woke up, that feeling had gone. Mm. And I was like, oh, it was just a weird pregnancy thing, nothing to kind of worry about. Uh, and then, yeah, in the evening, um, I just stood up from the sofa and just not a big gush, but like I had like a trickle down my leg. And I was like, did I just wee? I don't think I just weed, but it's quite hard to tell when you're really pregnant. Um, so I went to the loober that kind of carried on. I thought, oh, shit, <laughs> it's actually kind of kicking off. That's mad. Because I was prepared. I'm sure like you were for like, oh, 41 weeks, 41 and a half weeks. That's kind of when I thought I'd be going into labour. So I thought I had like four, you know, a month, five weeks left. Um, so, yeah, like that shock of like, oh, this is happening, <laughs> it's now. happening now. It's happening now. <laughs> it's so real. And then I thought, oh, no, is it just my water's breaking early? Then I got worried that, yeah, I wasn't going to go into labour because obviously that would have potentially been a problem for my home birth situation. Uh, Also, the other reason I'm really glad I had Jean is I'm not sure how the community midwives would have been with me having a home birth at 37 weeks. I think they might have wanted me to come in, um, whereas Jean was like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Um, So we called her. She was like, oh, just, you know, have dinner, go to bed, um, get some rest. You'll probably have the baby like tomorrow afternoon. I was like okay yeah that sounds good she was really reassuring um but then yeah like you it all kind of kicked off quite quickly and I was like hmm, this does not seem like this seems kind of quite intense already and it kind of went from nothing to kind of three minute apart quite intense surges or contractions um that I was having to like properly breathe through so we text her back like sorry to bother you I think that uh this is actually kind of happening now she was like no she really was like no it's probably not <laughs> but like can you just come here and if it's not kicking off you can just stay the night she lived quite a long way away so we were like we'll get the spare room ready for you and you can just check you know have a look at me and then stay the night um if you know if nothing's kicking off but it took her two hours to get there by which point I was like oh my god I'm gonna have to have this baby by myself um that was the only part that was slightly stressful me thinking huh if she doesn't get here like what are we gonna do um but anyway she did I got in the pool floated around in there for a bit and then yeah my body just kind of started pushing like yeah absolutely not a conscious decision um it just kind of does it for you if it's you weird, can isn't it 
so weird yeah. oh my god the weirdest feeling ever um and I know that part's a part that a lot of people are really worried about the pushing part like how will I know when to push will it be painful um but for me certainly and for some other people that I've spoken to that part actually feels like a bit of a relief and um, because it is do you feel like that as well yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. because it's productive you feel yeah. like something's happening it's not going to be that much longer now like I don't know. And I think at that point, you're really getting to the peak of like the kind of woozy, birthy, hormony, like out of it um, state. So for me, yeah, that part was actually a lot easier than the part leading up to it um, because I was so out of it. And yeah, I felt like, oh, well, this is happening now. Like I'm not going to, you know, baby's coming out. Um, but actually, there was quite a lot of him coming down and shooting back up again, which I know you said you had also, <laughs> um, which again something I was not prepared for and I kept being like is he out and the midwife was like I don't know I can't see why don't you feel I was like oh I don't want to um (laughs) and she'd forgotten her mirror thing so we just no one could see what was going on basically and I was like he keeps going back up again like is he ever gonna come out because it felt like he was literally going (laughs) like shooting back up again um but eventually he obviously made his way out uh and yeah that's a whole other conversation of like how you feel when that happens like I feel like there's so much pressure on that moment and that didn't necessarily feel exactly how I was kind of thought it would um I definitely was just a bit like in shock um I definitely didn't have that huge emotional rush of like love and immediate bonding I was just like whoa uh which is yeah a whole other thing uh and then I had to have a couple of stitches but she just stitched me up on my sofa um shining her phone light like propping her phone light up against a cushion and like stitching we were like should we turn the light on she was like no no don't worry um so that was a bit uncomfortable um but not too bad really after you know after pushing the baby out it's not too bad um and yeah then that was it and actually yeah the birth was so much easier than the following uh, six months of that uh it was a yeah really a really good experience and definitely looking back at it it gets better and better you know what I mean like straight afterwards I was like oh god but now I'm like oh that was really nice I'd do that again tomorrow so how um how was Matt during all of this was he quite involved or was he just kind of like Um, yeah (laughs) so we had we'd done lots of preparation um in terms of like you know, all these things I thought I would want like massage and I was going to do all my pregnancy yoga stuff on my yoga ball and get in all these positions, do all this lovely active birth. Um, but actually what my body was telling me to do was just, just to sit still on my bed, um, just sitting like bolt upright um, and not be kind of touched. Um, so God, yeah, our, no, our stories are so similar. <laughs> no, really? So were you like that as well? Like, don't come near me. Do I, not I literally come near me. said to John, I was like, don't touch me like please don't touch me I just it's weird because like you really want them to be connected to you but at the same time when you're when you're focusing so hard on like just breathing through that you can't really do anything else he was really good with it but yeah yeah absolutely and I think it's their presence as well that's allowing your body to do that um so you know even if they do feel a bit like a lemon standing there like just having that that presence that reassuring presence obviously is majorly helpful um but yeah I was just kind of and I don't I don't even think I told him don't touch me I think he just could tell I was didn't want him to touch me and like I said I don't think anyone touched me I didn't have any vaginal examinations I didn't have I don't think Jean touched me and the midwife I don't yeah I don't think Matt touched me I just um yeah I just sat 
sat by myself well no I was happy to chat in between Mm. and we were all just kind of talking and then I'd kind of stop and have a little breathe and then they'd stop talking and I was like no please just carry on because then I distract me a bit (laughs) um but yeah no he was really good though actually and he's quite a flappy person I'm sure he won't (laughs) mind me saying like he is a bit of a flapper not the best in a crisis again I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying he's a bit like (laughs) so uh but actually, no, he was really good. And he totally got like read the signs of like when to, yeah, just to stay out of my way. And I think right at the end, when I was literally at the end of pushing him out, he was like, I was like that on the birth pool with my arms up on it. And he was like, yeah, resting his hand on my shoulder and just like giving me reassurance, which at that point was what I kind of wanted. Um, and he was really emotional when Noah was born. And I was like, <laughs> what just happened? Um, which was kind of a bit unexpected but yeah so what what was your recovery like then physically fine mentally mm, (laughs) not so fine uh yeah physically not nothing too bad I had a couple of stitches that was sore but like you know you can deal with it um and breastfeeding was like a bit of a challenge to start off with I had a big crack crack nipple which was like oh my god so painful Mm. more painful than birth um, but like kind of manageable I kind of got on with it um, although obviously it was really emotional um, but I found it mentally very hard um, I yeah I found it so much harder than I thought I was going to mentally the hormonal like madness uh, on that I was okay up until like the third day when my milk came in and I just felt like an absolute lunatic like just felt out of control um, just crying all the time uh, and I think again it was slightly related to sleep for us because Noah just wouldn't sleep like mm. we were taking it in shifts to sleep he'd sleep on me I'd feed for an hour then Matt would hold him for an hour and I'd sleep then I'd feed for an hour well that was it like that was just how it kind of went uh, so I think that had a big part to play in my like finding it so hard on the odd night I'd slept a bit better I did feel a lot better it's just brutal that sleep deprivation. I can't, oh God, cannot it's horrendous, cope. Isn't it? Cannot cope with it. Cannot cope with it um, at all. Um, and I think because we didn't have loads of support either, um, uh, that was very tough for us. Um, we've not really got family nearby. Um, I lost my mum ten years ago, and I think that I really struggled with when Noah was born. Um, I was kind of. I'm not say over it I was like dealing with it fine but then when Noah was born I think it was just a whole other level of like grief because I just felt like you know if she was here she she probably would she may have been at the birth she would have been coming over every day she would have been holding the baby while I slept she would have been bringing me food all of this kind of thing um and obviously that was gone um so that was really hard um because yeah we didn't really have anyone to come and uh support us or bring us food or anything um my dad lives nearby but he is away a lot with work so he was around occasionally uh but not loads um Matt's parents aren't uh, aren't around uh so yeah that was just really really tough kind of going through it just by ourselves and I just didn't cope didn't feel like I was coping at all uh so yeah I think that's quite a lot of people's experience but Jesus Christ it was hard (laughs) yeah no I totally how did you find it did you how did you find your foot like fourth trimester after baby was born I think very much the same as you really I think I really struggled I 
breastfeeding was hard, I think, for the first couple of weeks. And then he just kind of got it. I spent the first week just using a syringe to get Clostrum out to feed him because it was the only way I could do it. And I remember maybe four or five days in, I was just sat in the bath with these syringes, just like, you know, when you just kind of zone out because you're so tired. And I was like, I need to do this. I need to get this out. Otherwise, my baby is not going to be fed. And I think that was like a really low point for me because like you said, you don't, it, there was just so little support apart from John. I didn't really have anything else because no one else was allowed to come and see us. Even the midwives were only really allowed to stand at the door. And when we had our first midwife visit, she kind of stood at the door in a full PPE and was just like, Oh, how's Winston? And I was like, yeah, he seems okay. And then she asked me how I was and I just, I just broke down. And she's like, I'm coming in. I need to come in. I need to come in and see you. And I just basically spent like an hour crying. <laughs> she was just like, you need, you need to get some sleep. Like that is like number one for you to get sleep. And I think mm-hmm. John was amazing. Like he did very much the same as Matt, where he would take Winston at any opportunity to just let me sleep. And for the first month he was alive, I, I did not sleep in the nighttime. I was awake with him downstairs because he just wouldn't sleep. And so I would spend most of my day awake and then I'd spend all night awake. And then John would come down at about six in the morning or I'd go up and get him and he'd come down and look after Winston. And then I think at the most I would ever get is like maybe two hours because he just needed feeding all the time. And so John would have to bring him up and I'd have to feed him again. And I think we did that cycle definitely for the first month and then maybe for a little bit after that. But yeah, it was tough. And it's weird because you kind of you kind of forget about it a little bit until someone asks you about it. And then you start to relive it and think, yeah, God, having a baby in lockdown was like just a newborn baby. Yeah. So, so unbelievably hard to not have that support system. Yeah. And I, th- I, I definitely feel like my mental health definitely suffered for it. I, I had postnatal depression and I probably still do have have it now I have days where I just don't feel good at all um and I don't know if it would have been any different if if we'd been out of lockdown I'm not sure I mean I'm I'm very susceptible to to depression and anxiety so it might have just been that that, that's just how my my journey was going to go but yeah it's 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 a a rough time so So anyone who's going through it now I really feel for you and if you need support please reach out to anyone you can like there's always people online like amy for example like i i love looking at your posts they really really cheer me up and like you post some really positive things and i think that that's why i like sharing it because it's just the more we can share with other mums and kind of get the message out out there that you're not alone i think the better you feel like i know it's not going to help necessarily but knowing that you're not alone in something i think definitely helps you to get through it yeah absolutely and not trying to put that kind of rose-tinted um thing on um parenthood like it's crazy people need to stop saying it's all fine and easy because it's not uh it's just not um I just don't believe people when they act like that I think people need to be more honest about yeah kind of be able to be vulnerable vulnerable about their experiences with a newborn um and yeah with their mental health and stuff because it makes the rest of us feel bad (laughs) when we're struggling (laughs) Um, which I think is common and I think it's for most people and certainly yeah people that have had I so feel for people that have had 
a baby in lockdown obviously Noah was born before that but for us it kind of was like lockdown because of our kind of lack of um support anyway and mm. um, so that's kind of what we've been used to um but yeah I really feel for people that have been pregnant and yeah and had babies in lockdown and people have had to go through but it's absolutely horrific people having to go through um births and scans and all that stuff um some of them without birth partners just yeah that is devastating I think especially Um, if you got pregnant during lockdown and then had a baby in lockdown you missed out on almost everything being normal like I I think I was maybe six and a half months pregnant when it all kind of kicked off so I had six months where I lived fairly normal life and then the last three months of that was just yeah in lockdown so I was very grateful that John was at all of the scans and stuff and most of my midwife appointments were particularly normal so it must be so hard especially if it's your first child to go into that scan and have that moment and have that moment alone knowing that your partner's probably sat in the car thinking like what's going on like what's happening and not getting that chance to see your baby on the screen for the first time it's heartbreaking Uh, absolutely and also the kind of reverse of that of people that have gone in and had found out about a baby loss on their own it's just absolutely horrific and like so cruel I think mm. so cruel of the um, system to kind of allow that to happen like and it doesn't make sense either you know you mo- chances are you live with your most people live with the person that's coming with them and like that support is so vital um it's yeah absolutely criminal that they've been letting that happen uh, <laughs> and continuing to point, let it happen yeah at one point people could go to the pub but you couldn't go to a scan with your partner all my days yeah that was making me really cross yeah Yeah. but hey let's hope that we're out of that now and that (laughs) things start to get a bit more positive I hope yeah I really hope so I really hope so so what what has it been like for you then starting your business during lockdown because I know I contacted you I can't remember when it was kind of at the start and you just stopped doing actual classes and you'd started moving online what was that like for you yeah, so it was, um, yeah, it was kind of all just a bit weird timing, really. But I started off real life classes first in September. Was that right? Yeah, I started off real life classes in September um, when things were like eased a bit. And I did that for a while. And then I can't even remember when it was, whenever the second lockdown was um, or second one. Yeah. yeah, I had a couple of months and then it, I had to kind of go move online and um, yeah I mean it's not it's not exactly the same service online obviously you're lacking a bit of that um actual kind of uh, communication um support kind of feeling that you do in person with people um I try and keep it as similar as I can to in-person classes so we always have like a good chat at the beginning um so we can still like have that bonding moment um and the nice thing is if they fall asleep which quite often happens at the end when we do our relaxation they can just stay you know they can stay asleep and you can do the class in your pajamas and things that's really nice um uh, but yeah so it was a bit and obviously I think people are less willing to do it in online which I completely get um so I've had a lot less clients than I did when I was doing it in person um but no in general it's been fine it's been um I think it's still a vital sort of service. So I oh, think yeah, I'm sure. glad that I carried on doing it um, just to give people, a, you know, a bit of a break and time to think about themselves for a moment. Um, 
I think, yeah. So I think it's been good that I've carried on and I'm looking uh, looking at starting up again in a couple of weeks with my, my baby class is allowed back a month before my pregnancy class. I don't know why it doesn't make any sense to me, but yeah, so I'm looking at, really excited to go back in person. And um, that should be really, really nice. Oh, that's great. Oh, I had a question for you and I've literally, you know, sorry, I've zoned out That's again. Right. My, my tiredness is taking over. Do not worry. I get it. Like <laughs> my son is two and a, or two and a half nearly. And he's still a bit of a, bit of a bugger with sleep. Like it's nowhere near as bad as it was, but he wakes up very early. Um, and even now I'm like, God, I'm tired. And I can't even imagine how I did it back then when I was not sleeping at all at night it's just it's functional I can't even explain how devastating it is yeah. <laughs> yeah. like you get that so weird get weird feeling like uh, some nights I'm just genuinely like angry like I try so hard to not aim it at Winston because it's not his fault but when you're up at like three in the morning and you've put your child down for the 10th time and they've woken up two seconds later you're just like oh <sighs> yeah that's another thing patience. people don't talk like, no about no one ever thinks before yeah you just don't whitewash over the problems that you've got because they're they're legitimate no. and you're not the only person going through it I put yeah, a post up the other thing. day yeah and I had quite a few responses from people that I know saying like I'm going through the same thing or I've been through it like you're not alone and like I totally feel your pain and that definitely made me feel better like it doesn't solve the problem but it's nice knowing that like Winston's not the only baby that's going through this like he he's just doing every, anything that a normal baby would do it's just unfortunate yeah. that sleep seems to be his thing because like he's, yeah. ha- he's so happy like he's a happy baby like even when he's tired like he, he's just especially now he can like crawl and like lean on things like all he wants to do is just play and like he yeah. loves a nursery so there are a lot of positive things in our life don't get me wrong <laughs> i just like to have a decent night's sleep <laughs> Yeah, you just need it. It's absolutely vital for you to be able to survive. Like you need food, you need water, you need sleep. Like it's just, you just do. Um, So without it, it's so hard. And yeah, the anger thing is so real. And again, people don't talk about it. Um, But the thing that made me do sleep training or the thing that like kicked it off, like we've got to do something was I was, like you said, putting Noah down for the whatever time and he wouldn't go to sleep and I punched the chest of drawers really hard <laughs> and split my knuckle was bleeding everywhere I was like oh my god I can't be punching things in the night like this is crazy uh, we've got to do something even if it means him crying for 20 minutes or whatever like I cannot be injuring myself punching things in the night this is nuts um so yeah <laughs> the anger thing is very very real that. yeah I just want to yeah. be like why oh. yeah Anyway, so for our listeners, um, can you give us a little bit of information on how they can find you if they want to come and seek you out for hypnobirthing and yoga? Yoga. Yeah, sure. Things? So I, the best place to find me is on Instagram at um, zenmama underscore Amy. Mama is M U M A, not M A M A. So it's like Zen Mama <laughs> underscore Amy. Yeah uh so that's probably the best place to find me yeah and yeah i'll offer all kinds of nice bits and bobs uh and yeah lots of honest parenting information (laughs) which is what we all need don't be fooled by the instagram accounts where everything looks perfect because i can guarantee you that that is not true come and find us (laughs) find the ladies that haven't had any sleep haven't washed their hair in a week 
been wearing the same clothes yeah. and are covered in vomit that's the real story yeah. those are the people that you want yeah. to connect with <laughs> yeah the ones that have been punching furniture in the night <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's who you that need note, yeah let's wrap up the show (laughs) okay yeah i hope it's not been super negative (laughs) no it's not it's been great it's not it's not negative i I think honesty i think a lot of people misrepresent like the the bad not bad things but the the challenging things as negativity when they shouldn't Mm -hmm. it's just a part of life and the more you can own it the easier it is to deal with so i think yeah yeah i think i agree with that but yes, let's let's wrap up the show with your five things that you took for granted before becoming a parent. Okay, so the first one I think is going to be obvious to you: sleep, <laughs> sleep, <laughs> sleep, sleep. Like that could be just the only one, and that would still be like a big enough answer. Sleep for me. Um, I'm sure it's different for people that have babies that sleep well, but sleep. I need sleep. Um, the not having any time to yourself. I found that a big adjustment. Like you just your space your body your time nothing is kind of yours anymore um I definitely took that for granted before um being confident in my decisions I'm take took for granted like uh, constantly second I'm getting better at that now um since Noah has become a toddler I feel more confident like oh I know what I'm doing like not I know what I'm doing but like I don't need to seek out other opinions particularly I just kind of go with my instinct um, but when he was a newborn, the constant like Googling, is this normal? Like, <laughs> yeah. right. I remember I kept Googling, when does having a baby become easier? Like, no. obviously you're not <laughs> going to get a proper answer to that and also never. Um, so yeah, that kind of self-doubt thing, like that's a bugger. Um, yeah, being able to leave the house without a big faff. Like you can't just up and leave to go and see a friend I mean you, no one can do that at the moment anyway but like you know without thinking oh I need to take a travel cot and a this and a that and a, and a breast pump and a blah, 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 blah like that is that's a big adjustment I think having to have like so much caggage with you everywhere you go mm. um how many things is that I don't know a few things eating alone I miss eating alone oh, yeah because <laughs> yeah, yeah eating all your meals with a toddler is ay, ay, ay. yeah <laughs> an ordeal it's a whole game in itself yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so that's probably it <laughs> okay. they're good ones I like that yeah well thank you so much for making time for me today um and having a chat with me no worries it's been really nice yeah um I'm sure we've probably given a lot of good information to all of the listeners out there and if they haven't I've really enjoyed this conversation and it's made oh, me feel better so. <laughs> oh me too me too good <laughs> all right I'll let you get on with your day um have a lovely one and i'm sure i'll speak to you very soon yes thank you very much bye